Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, if there's Levert, it's cold. Levert, back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday, shot clock down to six. Finds Warren. Welcome to another edition of the Indy Cornrows Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started, if you have not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, really helps us out. I always appreciate your feedback. Um, let's get to 100 reviews by the end of the month. That is, uh, it's gonna, that's like 46 reviews from now. But you know what? It's a, it's a lofty goal. We go for lofty things here in Indiana, so let's make it work. Um, I'm really excited. We have a, we have a couple days off. Uh, surprisingly between games it feels like we've had two more than one day off between games for the first time in forever in two games in a row um but we, we play houston coming up on saturday and i'm really psyched to be some first time that we've ever talked in person or i guess over zoom so it's, pre, it's pretty much in person considering it's 2021 um but if, if you do not follow uh him on on twitter you're, you're doing yourself a disservice uh it's mar Royt, better known as free, used to be free gary clark now you're disney gary clark um, yeah. Gary Clark, unfortunately is not having a good season, uh, which makes me very sad every time I watch the Orlando magic play. Um, but it's, it, it's tomorrow. First of all, thank you for taking the time to join me. And, uh, first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We were, we were talking about our dis- uh, differences in weather. It's uh, it's about 10 degrees in, in Cleveland, Ohio today. Uh, what is it like in Israel? Because I imagine it's a lot nicer than 10 degrees in Ohio with a foot and a half of snow. Usually it is. And. I mean, right now it's much better because we don't have snow where I'm at mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Israel. It's, it never snows here. Uh, it's been raining the last couple of days, but overall it's been good weather. I've been going outside safely, of course, with masks and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been good. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I think I have so many questions I want to ask you about this Houston team and where they're at because obviously, uh, you know, these two teams are linked. Uh from the biggest trade that has happened this year. I think the only trade that's happened this year so far um, in the four teamer that sent Victor Oladipo to Houston, um, who actually he might not even play on Saturday because it'll be on the second night of a back-to-back um, or the first, I can't remember. It's either first, I know it's part of a back-to-back, but it'll be back at the field house yeah. in Indiana. Uh, so I'm not sure if he's going to play, but regardless, there, there's a, there's a big tie with that. Um I think the first thing I want to ask you is what has it been like for you watching this team without James Harden? Cause we were talking about uh, coming on, you know, you, you really got into the Houston Rockets because of James Harden. Um, so what has that been like experiencing, experiencing this team without him? It's been very different. You know, I, I'm used to thinking in a way that, all right, the offense is going to be elite because we have James Harden. How do mm. we fix the defense? How do we build the team prepared for the playoffs? Maybe we can contend something like that, and now it's completely different. The defense has been better, and now the offense is struggling. Like, it's it's really completely new to me uh, watching a team like this that doesn't have such a – it doesn't have a top five player, basically, on, mm-hmm. on its side. But I've also, like, I think it's it's been a good experience for me just to, you know, watch other parts of the game, like, Instead of how um, the Rockets always James Harden dribble out a shot clock and all of that, now I get to see the Rockets try to run 
I guess you see the, deep, the challenges in running a, mod, a modern offense without James Harden, how the Rockets can make the importance of a point guard, all of that. So I feel like it's been, it's been rough for sure. And I think for the next couple of years, this team won't be as good as it was in the James Harden era. But, you know, we go from there. It's been <laughs> just hopefully we can contend in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's in a weird spot because obviously, you know, the team brought in a lot of guys who were um, either coming back from injury or trying to just come back in their career. Like DeMarcus Cousins, uh, who has not had a good year. He's been a little bit better as of late with starting, but even then he still really struggled with efficiency, uh, just isn't really himself anymore athletically. And you can't really fault him. You know, that, that happens when you get injured, believe it or not. Uh, but John Wall has actually had a pretty solid year so far. What have you thought of him um, overall in Houston so far? I've been pre- pleasantly surprised, you know. We're talking about a guy who played pre- pretty much five games in the 2019 calendar year until this season. He, so And he, he had he played injured back when he was in Washington. Mm-hmm. So I really did not, didn't know what to expect. But, I mean, his driving, his passing ability, it's been great. I mean, just the change of pace from having Russell Westbrook on the team to John Hall. They're two very similar players, but different at the same time. So, so I really enjoyed watching him uh, on the court and uh, obviously on the court, but also his quotes off the court have been great. He's really being a leader for this team. Uh, I hope, you know, he stays here for as much as it benefits both sides. It just uh, the, the real shame with this team is that when the wall is out, they just don't have a backup point guard or anything. So it's so important for this team. It's even it's sometimes difficult to determine his impact because when he's not playing, they fall apart. And when he is playing, they look like a pretty good team, especially when Wood is playing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's another great point to bring up looking at Christian Wood. He's out for, I believe, at least another month still, correct? Uh they go they week by week with him. He's not he's not gonna he's not going to play against the Pacers, but mm-hmm. maybe next week he'll be back before the all-star break, but probably just after it. Yeah, yeah. So it's gonna be a little bit still. But he, I mean that was a, 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 like looking at him, like right now the, the Rockets are on a, I'm sorry to bring it up, but the Rockets are on like an eight-game losing streak, and that's pretty much coincided with Christian Wood going down. Um watching him play. Uh, I mean, I, I I did a podcast on the Rockets before the season started up um, and doing a preview. And obviously we knew Christian would have been signed. Um, and my immediate thought was that Christian Wood would be the best role man that, that James Harden's ever played with. Um, and I was, I was, obviously that was before we knew James was going to be gone. But um, I think just in the 20 games that we've seen him, like slightly less than 20 games that we've seen him play in Houston, I mean, that holds true. He's been fantastic offensively and in the role game his three-point shot has translated incredibly well uh even better than i thought it was going to from detroit over um what have you thought of him overall in terms of what he brings to the rockets is is a complete difference maker you know and my favorite thing about him is that he's learning every game it's his fifth season in the nba he's 25 years old but because he has so little minutes played in the nba so far so he just keeps getting better. Like you compare his defense from the first five games of the season to his recent five games, and it's completely different. His his ability to finish inside the paint, like he statistically has been the best finisher in the NBA this season, which is so weird because even when the Rockets the Rockets didn't have James Harden, they don't really focus on getting him the ball, which has been some one of the things that I'm 
infuriated about sometimes. They don't really use him like the dominant finisher that he is. And yet he's still capable of putting up 20 and 10 nightly on fantastic efficiency. Even like when you brought out that he would be, the, he is the best all man James Harden has ever played with. So there's a start, you know, there was the start called about uh, the start that uh, uh, determined, uh, sorry, uh, uh, there's a, a start that tracks how many, the most assists every play, uh, between a two man pairing mm-hmm. every season. And James Harden and Christian would have easily first this season, even though Harden didn't want to be here, even though they got like five games together, had no chemistry, and they are by far number one. So it's, I also, I just really enjoyed watching him. It's been a delight to watch. And I think the best thing about him is that he fits very well with everyone because he can roll to the basket easily. He can space the flow. His defense has been above average, surprisingly. So he's just a perfect center for today as an NBA, really, when you don't consider a superstar. So just been great watching him. Yeah, yeah. And I I think I really liked what you brought up with the defense. Like, um, he's not perfect, defensively but he's really long and he tries hard uh which i think counts for a lot more than i than people give credit for um in the nba like he's only averaging a block and a half but he's still he's averaging like a steal too but more importantly like he just he gives them an like more versatility on the defensive end and he can actually move his feet which you can't really say the same about the marcus cousins like you have to play strictly drop with the marcus right now um, and just yeah. the, the way that the team can play with, with Christian is completely different. Like the defense has been still solid with Christian out, but they were, I mean, they, they were below 100 defensive rating, I believe, uh, in like the, the, the main lineup with Christian in it was, you know, like both Jay Sean and, and David, who we are going to talk about, cause those are by far my two favorite players on the Rockets. Um, but like the defensive lineup when they can just go strictly switching is ridiculous. Like I, the, just completely shutting teams down. Yeah, absolutely. Jay Sean and, and Waba, they've been so good defensively. It's sometimes like it's funny. You can watch them like make a defensive mistake or something, and you'd be so really surprised. But just their energy and their effort and everything they bring to the table, they frustrate the hell out of opposing teams. And it's just been really fun to watch, especially again when Wood is playing because the biggest thing that I've noticed in my past year of being a Rockets fan is that centers are really important defensively and that Mm -hmm. centers make other players on your team better defensively. So you take, for example, Robert Covington, who played in Houston last, uh, last season, when his defense was amazing because he could be, but with a center, it could have been so much better when the Rockets managed to put him on a power forward so he could help and play like a traditional power forward on defense and not center. He's been phenomenal. So whenever the Rockets have had the opportunity to play with a center who is fine defensively, like Christian Wood, and surround him with great defensive talent, which they do have, the defense has been great to watch. And when they haven't been able to do that, it's been, it's been a little difficult. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, a really great point. And we've seen that in Indiana a little bit because they've been playing a very different scheme. Um, like a lot of, I, I don't know how much you've seen in the Pacers, but they're playing really heavy ball pressure. They used to be a very conservative team and how they play defense. And now they're one of the more aggressive defensive teams in the league. And it, it kind of bites them sometimes, you know, they're high enforcing turnovers, but they also allow a, a ton of shots at the rim. Uh, and when Miles isn't in the game, it is very difficult to uh, to contend with all the shots that are coming up at the rim because they have 
no weak side help whatsoever with miles out of the game. Um, but in terms of just looking at, at the Rockets defense, uh, so Jay Sean Tate and David Nwaba, did you, what were your expectations for them coming into the season? Uh, and, and what has it been like for you? Cause I, I wrote a small blurb on them. We do a, at, at a place I write freelance at, um, I wrote a small blurb on them and did, put together like a three minute video of them just making defensive rotations. And it's like the greatest thing ever. I could watch it on repeat. Um, Cause you, you've got to send it to me after, after this. Podcast. I will, I will definitely send it to you um, because it is, is ridiculous. Like I, I, I actually, I tweeted this um, probably two or three weeks ago, but I, I said like Jay Sean Tate and David Nwawa are simultaneously like the biggest small forwards of all time, like, which makes absolutely no sense. But it, like, if you watching them play, like, it's just uh, it's almost like watching a defensive line play play basketball like they're so athletic and so strong at the point of attack, too. Um, but they're also really good getting out in transition like they've, they've been solid finishers. Neither of them can shoot very well, but like they just make things happen. They're really good events creators on both sides. Yeah, you really asked me what I thought about them before the season started. And it's crazy to think where they were mm-hmm. like last season. Jason Tate was in the NBL in the Australian Basketball League. He was first team all NBL there. He he was not known for his defense mostly. Like his defense was good, but when I looked looked him up after the Rockets signed him, like I saw his slashing capabilities, some offensive game, you know, like the offensive highlights. And I was I had no idea that he was such a good defender. And David and Waba, he last year he tore his Achilles. He got waived by the Brooklyn Nets because of that, and the Rockets sized him before the bubble so they can get him for next season without him becoming a free agent. And he's been incredibly athletic for the guy who just stole his Achilles. Yeah. Like he's he's jumping in on the break, he's running on the break like a madman. He had a dunk against the Pacers when both when those two teams played when back when the Rockets that did dunk was fantastic. I can remember, I can yeah. remember it right now. That was a fantastic dunk. He just jumped out of the free throw line and dunked on someone. Like he's been, they've been amazing to watch, and their their comp- contribution have been really unexpected because I expected Jay Sean to maybe make the rotation when some guys are out, and Waba to have a learning period back after tearing his Achilles. And they've been two huge contributors. I'm pretty sure they're the rocket leaders in on-off net, net rating swings, swings right now. And without them, I honestly don't think I think this team would be like where Minnesota is at right now, if not for Tatum and Wabba, because they've just been setting the tone. They're responsible for the defensive identity this team have. So they've been amazing. It's been amazing to watch them, really. Yeah, definitely. And I think especially talking about the Achilles injury, like um, if if Kevin Durant wasn't coming back from Achilles injury and looking the way he does, because he's been just ridiculous and like he hardly looks like he's missed a beat. Like he's a little bit, his burst isn't quite there, but he's still, I mean, he's still Kevin freaking Durant, right? Like, um, so it's hard to say anything negative about how he's played. Um, but like you're mentioning with David, like I had, I had serious questions about what he would look like coming back. Cause I had really liked him uh, before when he was in Cleveland um, and a little bit in Brooklyn too. I thought he'd look nice before he had his injury. Um, and I wasn't sure what it would be because his game was so predicated on being this athletic and to come back the way he has has been remarkable. And we've seen guys recently, like Rudy Gay is one of the guys who really sticks out to me. The fact that, um, he was able to come back and still be as effective as he has been for so long, uh, when he got injured in Sacramento. Um, 
I'm blanking on other guys who had Achilles injuries recently, other than Kevin and, and, and David, because it's super, it's pretty uncommon in, in looking at guys. Um, but it used to be like a total death sentence to your career. And it's been just a testament to them coming back. And like you mentioned with Jay Sean and, uh, and David, they're on off combined. So in 500 possessions with them playing on court together, they're plus 15 net rating, uh, 100 defensive rating, which is just like, that's phenomenal and an above average offensive rating of 115. So yeah, they're really good. And the Pacers are going to have some problems with them. Uh, they did in the last game too. Like I, I remember the game being fairly close, but, um, there's really just not going to be an answer for Demonis Sabonis on the inside. Yeah, it's a it's a big it's been a big problem for Houston. You know, last when the Rockets played the Sixers, it was kind of the best defensive game I've seen Cousins play in a Rockets uniform, mm-hmm. just because he got to match up against the post Bruiser, like Embiid and Sabonis is similar. But the Rockets will often go small, and Cousins is just not always playable. Even if the matchup it is favorable, then his offense is too inconsistent. His defense like in drop coverage is very problematic. Like Domantas Sabonis in the last game, he just torched smaller guys every time. Like there were so many possessions where David and Wava switched into him, and he did his best. He got some impressive stop, but at the end of the day, he's six foot five and the and Waba and the Sabonis is almost seven feet. So it's gonna be really hard to deal with him and also Malcolm Brogdon. I don't I know he's not been the best recently, mm-hmm. but he dropped 35 points on crazy efficiency in the previous game. Um, like it was pretty crazy to witness him just not miss anything. So the Rockets really when you look at the last game, they're just gonna have to play better defense when it comes to defending the paint and limiting the, the guard. What was really uh, fine that Victor Oladipo had his worst game of the season in that game, and, and then a week or two later, he was traded to Houston. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think now is a good time to talk about Victor. Um, he has really struggled in Houston, and I'm not super surprised about it. We talked about it a little bit on the timeline. Like, um, I think he really misses having a role presence uh, and just a, a really awesome screen setter like Domas. Like, um, we saw it in the bubble last year where he really struggled not having someone who could screen him open because he's still uh, his burst has been back to an extent, but the handle still hasn't caught up with it. And you notice it a lot trying to get things going and pick and roll. And so he's been pulling up a ton in Houston. He's obviously been out with injury for the last couple of games. Uh, but what have you thought of Victor so far uh, in Houston? It's, it's been really disappointing. Like whenever the Rockets have been able to get him with, with, with Christian Wood on the court, a waller, like you said, he's been actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. But other than that, which has been like 90% of his minutes here, when he's playing with Cousins or playing as a part of a small ball unit, he's just really struggled. And over the last couple of games before he got injured, he really looked like he lost his confidence. And the thing about Oladipo is that I'm very surprised, honestly, that he's struggling because I know his limitations as a, as a player and I know he needs a roller, but I also know he really cares about his money and he's on the contract. So I really expected him to ball out, even if it's in an unsustainable model, just because he really wants to secure the bag. And it, it is, as it's looking right now, I don't know if any team is going to offer him like the 20 million that he wants per year. So with him, I think he could play on a, a Saturday because the Rockets might want to stagger Wall uh, and him on the back-to-back. And if he's healthy, then he will play. And I imagine he wants to play the Pacers. But 
it's been just disappointing to watch someone where you expected to be such a force on the defensive end and a really contributing offensive player who can hit his freeze, drive, and he's not really been able to do any of that. He's been settling for floaters instead of going all the way inside. I hope he picks it up. I do believe he will pick it up, but so far, just the Rockets have been made of fouling, which is pretty crazy to say. Yeah, yeah, I've I've noticed that as well. I was uh, I was interested to see what you would say as well. Um, it's it's really vexing to look at him a little bit because I I personally I have I mean like like we were talking about before, um, I don't really have like any kind of ill will towards him. I, I think he could have handled things better um, over the summer. Obviously, things calm. It wasn't his decision ultimately to leave in this moment. I think, um, but the front office decided to make the move that they did. Kind of points to the fact that he was not going to stick around. Um, past this this season, uh, or at least it was unlikely that he would, not to put words in his mouth, but um, to see him go and, and really struggle like this is, has been unfortunate. I mean, he played really well in the first game that he he, he came to Houston. Um, I'm really hopeful that he'll be able to pick things up, and especially, too, like you look at where the Rockets are at right now. They're 14th in the West, but they're in this – like, I mean, they're 14th in the West, but they're only like four or five games out of being seventh or eighth because that's how the – like both the East and West have like a six to eight team range. That's all within like a game and a half of each other. Um, and what are your expectations for the rest of the season? Because I think, I mean, if Victor can play like he was playing at the beginning of the year with Indiana, cause he was playing pretty well, uh, not back to his regular form, but he was playing, you know, at like a, a B B plus sub all-star level um, playing really good defense. And his, his, his three ball was falling when his three ball was falling was good. Um, and he was getting to the rim a little bit more. And I think if you, you, you know, Christian Wood comes back uh, and he's obviously healthy, you have John and Victor. Like, I, I think there are expectations for that team to make the playoffs unless you feel otherwise. Yeah, you know, the Rockets, despite this huge losing streak, they're 4-0 when Wall and Wood are playing without Harden. So if you, t- if you, t- you told me this team would stay completely healthy and they would – or even – healthy relative to other teams and there would be no trade which is a huge question here because i don't know what if it's really smart for the workers to keep on a depot past this trade trade deadline but assuming they do and they can generate some kind of consistent health i do believe they will make the playoff i believe they could be like the okc thunder of last season Mm -hmm. when they were a huge pain in the ass to play they were really competitive great defensive team so I do believe that if they stay healthy and they don't trade everyone away, they will uh, make the playoffs. I'm not sure if that's the direction we'll take. they will take. or that's, that's not even a direction I want them to take mm-hmm. anymore, honestly, because I do believe this team is it's kind of a meaningless season. Like there are no expectations and it could be fun, but I just think it's smart to sell on the players that you got. Like you won't have the ability to trade Oladipo or to trade P.J. Tucker next summer or next season because they won't be on their current contracts anymore. So I do believe this team is like the sixth rank kind of in the West when healthy, but they can they can get healthy, and I don't know if they will get a chance to. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think when you also, uh, when you also drag in ownership, I, I have a feeling that this team is not going to bottom out. Um, just that, that is my read. I have, uh, I've, I've been a very big detractor of, uh, of Houston ownership. And I think rightfully so, 
Um, I'm not sure how you feel. One of my favorite things that happened this summer actually was when uh, when everyone was just totally like uh, Tillman posted something on Twitter for like the first time in, like a month. And it felt like every person in Houston like commented on his Twitter telling him to sell the team. That was one of my all-time favorite NBA Twitter moments of the last uh, of, of this season so far. Yeah, you know, we no one with a fan of the Rockets likes Tillman Fertitta other than the Fertitta family. Mm-hmm. Like, you put aside of how cheap he is, and now we constantly has talked about being willing to pay the tax and not be, even doing it once. Yeah. Like, the fact that you know the third biggest like decision maker in the entire organization is his son, who's done absolutely no work to get to his spot. And shout out to him, follows me on Twitter, but that's not <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a good recipe for a successing successful organization in any sport in any way. So I while I do hope he sells the team, like I don't think I I agree with you that he probably won't but that he probably won't bottom out. I think he wants to keep a competitive team. And I do believe the Rockets will try to be the Rockets they were before trading for Harden, accumulating as many assets as possible to trade for the next big star after the team is more set to play with that star. Maybe like some of the pieces are there, Jason Tate, Christian Wood, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. who's been balling in the G League. Like, I think they are going to try to be pretty good for the next couple of zeros, but probably they won't be too good just because of their talent limitations. Mm -hmm. That's not a direction, like, I would rather they try to do something maybe more extreme. I don't know what they would do because the Rockets have been very good. It's just just not doing, not committing to any direction. Like, you you see what they did in the summer as well, Mm -hmm. when they traded Covington and signed Wood. They got younger, but they didn't get worse. And they've been doing that kind of thing a lot, playing both for the future and for the current uh, short term. So I hope, you know, I don't know what Tillman is going to want to do. He said that he doesn't want to tank, but what owner has said publicly that he does want to tank. So we'll see what they do. Raphael Stone has done a great job so far. And we'll see what what his next move is. Yeah. Yeah, I've really enjoyed uh, what he's done so far. And I think he's, like you mentioned, he's in a really tough spot just based on on ownership and the, everything that he walked into. I think, I'm, I mean, I, I remember thinking when we first started hearing rumblings about James and, and him not wanting to be in Houston, I was, I remember just looking at the cap sheet and really just thinking things through. I'm like, what is this team supposed to do? You know, um, it's a really tough spot to be in. And obviously Daryl stepped out of it, um, which I, I, I mean, I can't really fault him for just given how everything was going, but it was, uh, I'm interested to see how Rafe Stone does, but I, I really liked what he's done so far. One of the last things I wanted to ask you about Houston though, uh, before we talk a little bit more about the Pacers, what has it been like seeing some of the guys who were so successful last year? Um, and some of the guys who struggled a little bit last year too, or just more in, in the, the hardened style team uh, kind of role reverse. Like Eric Gordon is having the most efficient year of his career at age 32. Um, and he's been like, he's, he's fine defensively. He does a lot of really good things on the court. I still would not want his contract uh, just given his injury history, but I mean, PJ Tucker has really struggled this year. Danwell house has really struggled this year. Ben McLemore is like as well. Also just completely struggled this year. I mean, part of it is the change in the style of play, but do you think that has been kind of everything that is related to this change or, or what, what do you think has been different for these guys? 
Yeah, I think for, especially for Ben McLaren and PJ Tucker, we're talking about two guys who are very good to very good at what they do on the offensive side, which is take catch and shoot jumpers for PJ from the corner. And they haven't been able to get the same looks on offense without Harden always generating it for them. They haven't, they have, McLemore has been tasked to do more on offense and he simply doesn't have the basketball IQ or the ability to really be a good piece of the bench mm-hmm. if he's asked to do something other than shoot catch and shoot freeze. So for these two especially, it's been very difficult in the offense. And you did see Eric Gordon with someone who I think was going to have a bounce back regardless, just because he was so bad last year that there's no way he was going to keep that up. But he has managed to shine. He's really had maybe the, the best or second best season of his career. His defense has been very, very good. His offense, he's been he's shooting 61% on two-point shots, which is crazy. But without Harden, these guys, they, were prob- they probably should have been shipped with Harden when, from an asset management perspective because it was pretty obvious to see how they were going to decline without him. Uh, I do think that in the end, it is the, the good that they did manage to keep a good team around for the fans to choose for, to choose for, and maybe they do make the playoff and make some noise there. But without Harden, it's been completely different for these guys, and not for the good, not for the best, except yeah. for, for Gordon, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, all right. Well, I think this is a well. All right, one last question on that. Do you think Eric Gordon gets traded? Uh, by the trade deadline. Cause I think he's still um, like his contract is still not great. Like it's, and again, it's, 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 there's always gotta be some refinement talking about like, it's not that he's a bad player. He's a very good player. Um, but it, I mean, his deal runs through 2023, 2024, and he, he's owed uh, $21 million three years from now, which is, that is a lot um, just considering he's going to be 35 or 36 then. Um but I mean, just seeing where how he's playing now, do you think that there's any chance that that they try and, and send him off at the deadline? One more note before I answer that question mm-hmm. is that his final year is not guaranteed. It's only guaranteed if the team Eric Gordon is on wins a championship or if he makes an all-star appearance. So while his contract is bad, it's not terrible, at mm-hmm. least. But you know, it's really difficult to answer that question because whether they trade Eric or not, it's gonna tell us whether they are going to try and sell and try and rebuild or not? Because sell, trading Eric Gordon while he's playing the best basketball is probably ever going to play from this point because he's not going to have the same athleticism. He's not going to be the same finisher at age 34. So it's probably smart to sell on him from that perspective, but he's so important to what this team does. He's been the third best player by a considerable margin over whoever's fourth. That if they do trade Eric Gordon, to shed salary long term, it's, they're gonna make they're gonna be a much worse team. Mm-hmm. And if they do do it, then it just depends on what on whether they whether they want to go in the direction of the team. My guess is that it, it, is that is sorry. My guess is that it doesn't get traded. Yeah, yeah, I would probably agree with that too. It's just uh, it'll be really interesting to see how that kind of plays out. Um. So I want to shift a little bit to, to ask you about the Pacers. First of all, have you seen much of the Pacers this year? Uh, and and or even even if not, what have you thought of them from afar? I didn't watch too much of the Pacers, but I did catch some games. Mm-hmm. I think it's been really fun to watch Miles Turner really develop into a special offensive player, and not just a great defensive player when he's taken a leap 
on defense as well. Really, he might be the defensive player of the year so far. It's either him or Woody Gobert. So that has been fun to watch. And it's great because they, they started the season so well. And then whether after the trail and after some aggression hit, they didn't play as fully. They, they didn't play as well. They play much differently, like you said, from the year before because the new coach, which I can't pronounce his name, so I won't it's, try. Yeah, but, it's, hard to, it's hard to pronounce sometimes. It took me a while to get used to it. Yes, when the Raptors coaching tree is much more different in his defensive approach than Nate McMillan, instead of being very conservative and letting the defense take the shots that they kind of want, but not but not to apply pressure and force turnovers, then the Pacers just run, they try to pressure you every time to making a mistake and taking a quick shot and all of that. So it's been much different to see, but I do think that like it's still the same old Pacers kind of in a way that they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a five seed probably like, but they're not going to win a playoff series unless they, unless Kevin Slover does get healthy soon. And, and I hope the best for him that he can recover from his kidney cancer. And hopefully that, if he does play, maybe he's a, a game changer for them. But if not, and I think it's going to be the same kind of season for the Pacers it's been for the past three or four years yeah yeah I would agree with that I mean I think uh some stuff came out yesterday that Karis and TJ are both uh TJ Warren uh, are both relatively not relatively in terms of like instead of them being out the entire year they'll be back before playoffs is what it's uh it sounds like that's not you know don't take that at face value that's uh clutch points don't come at me too hard um, yeah. but that is, uh, that that's what it's looking right. Like right now, I know, uh, Karis is back on court, actually participating in some shooting. Uh, he's not doing like full contact or anything like that yet, but, uh, regardless, still promising, uh, just awesome that he's healthy again. Um, but yeah, I feel similarly, it's been really, it, it was a weird juxtaposition because the team comes out eight and four is playing really well. And they trade Victor in the middle of Western conference road trip. Um, I'll never forget. That was like the the craziest moment of uh of my time you know doing anything writing on or podcasting about the team like i uh i i had never covered a western conference road trip before so i'm used to like you know going to bed at like 10 30 or 11 after a game and i'm done doing a post-game podcast um so i'm going to bed at like two o'clock every morning right because we're playing i think four games in, in five or six nights and it's uh i finally had some time to take a nap during the day and i laid down and I, I think I'm laying down for like three or four minutes and then my phone just starts going off and I'm like, it's four o'clock on a Thursday. Why is my phone going off? Um, and so I, I, I opened it up and luckily I did. I didn't just roll over and go back to bed, but uh, <laughs> I had like a hundred messages just from people who don't even talk to me about basketball. Like, Oh, did you see what happened? I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I opened up Twitter and I, I saw all the stuff about the Harden trade and then Vic's name starts floating in. I'm like, Oh man. Okay. All right. Nap over time to get time to get on it. And that was a day, but yeah, it is a, uh, it's weird to see that team go from eight and four to, they pretty much flipped the script. They went four and eight and then they're starting to write the ship a little bit, but um, it's, it's interesting because a lot of fans have gotten really frustrated with how the team has performed lately. And I get it. I think, um, like, I, I think I look at it like 80, 20 or 90, 10, like it's just because you trade Victor and you don't get back anybody who's ready to play right away. 
Um, so th that's a big hole in your lineup, obviously. I mean, Victor was playing fan pretty, pretty darn good basketball here. And more importantly, you just lose the gravity of that guy. Like I really like Doug McDermott's a really good player, but he's not the same kind of, uh, he, he doesn't command the defense a way that, that Victor can, and he's not going to be an impact on defense the way Victor can either. Uh, so that just has a big impact. Um, and you see like the team, I think part of it was people were really riding high because there was some national media coverage, um, pretty early on when that team rose to eight and four and they were playing really well. Um, they flirted with being first in the Eastern conference for a second. Um, and then that trade happens and it's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's been weird to see how that is, how that has changed things. And I'm sure it's been similar in Houston a little bit because they, they played really well when right after James got traded and now they've been dealing with injuries and it's just been uh, expectations are a funny thing, I think is uh, is the way that I look at it. It's just very odd to, to try and, handle um expectations and, and tempering them down sometimes yeah it's been a complete water coaster in houston and it's been more of a water coaster in indiana than it's been in recent years yeah like, i didn't really didn't expect for a depot to get traded but it's how to blame the pacers like the management for the team is right now because they they didn't know about Kevis's condition until after after they made the trade and then once that you, it 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 is out there that you traded Oladipo for Caris Lavert, you can't just bring him back and say, "All right, no, we don't want him. Come back, Victor, play for us." <laughs> We're yeah. sorry. Yeah, it just doesn't work that way. So they did have to trade him, uh, and he had no value at this point. So they just went forward with the trade. So I hope they managed to play better, except for not, not a Saturday, of course. But overall, <laughs> yeah. I, I like watching the Pacers, especially this year, because when, when they do play well, it's been fun to watch. And yeah, I do think that they'll pick up the ship and manage to, they ride the ship and manage to get, on, get a, on a decent little win streak once some guys get healthy. But other than that, yeah, it's been, it's been different. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, all right, last thing before we get you out of here, um, looking just at the game on Saturday, uh, wh what do you think is the biggest key for Houston in the game? Or what? Do you, all right, let's say what's the biggest key for you in in Houston stopping Indiana, and then I'll I'll, I'll go on my side. Uh, I think the biggest key in stopping Indiana is just uh, being aggressive and trying to force turnovers. And like when it comes, I do think the Rockets they will have to play small defensively as well, just because I don't trust Cousins in that environment. I don't trust Cousins, I don't trust Cousins in defense in any environment, to be fair. So I do think they will have to play smaller. And once they do, they just can't let the Pacers easily get the ball to Sabonis in the post and let them get into the action so easily. They got to be disruptive and they can't let them just, you know, get the ball to the post. They got to make their entry pass more difficult. They have to apply more pressure and force the, the Pacers to make some tough decisions if possible but overall i'd be pretty shocked if the workers do win this game assuming uh oladipo doesn't play and uh tucker doesn't either because i know would want and without christian wood this team has no wall threat and they just really struggle to manufacture offense the pace of defense is pretty good i just can't see them really scoring enough to beat indiana but there have been some crazier stuff they they just came down 26 to down four in Philadelphia. So maybe they do it, but I, if I were a betting man, I would definitely place a lot of money on the Pacers for that game. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, also good to not be a betting man. I, I am not myself either because it just does not work out well for me. Um, I haven't since I played poker when I was like uh, 20 or 21 and it, it, I lost a lot of money. So I, ever since then I I'm done betting, but yeah, I think in looking at the game from Indiana's perspective, uh, they will probably struggle a lot with the passing lanes, which is, is something that I think about. if, uh, as far as I know, uh, David, David has missed some time recently. Has he not? Ooh. Uh, David Nwaba. I'm trying to, uh, I thought, I thought he missed a little bit of time recently. He did miss. It was like one week ago or so, or a bit more than that when he missed uh, two games at the start of this losing streak. Okay. Um, uh, Oladipo has missed some games. Gordon missed the game before with Philly. Tucker has missed two games, which is crazy because PJ Tucker never misses games. Yeah, Iron Man PJ Tucker. Yeah, it's time. I guess he does get injured at some point. Uh, yeah, the workers are very injured right now. Christian Wood, of course, and they got to rely on guys who are just not really used to the walls mm-hmm. to play that role, those roles to contribute really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, just in looking at, at the Pacers and how they're playing, like they struggled yesterday a little bit with Minnesota early on because Minnesota has a ton of athletic, like they're not good right now, but they have a lot of athleticism, a lot of length. And that gave the Pacers some problems getting their half court offense flowing. And even on defense too, they just struggled containing length. Um, and athleticism. And I think John Wall totally got inside the paint, had a couple of really nice finishes on miles earlier uh, in the year when they played, um, was able to do some stuff to the bench unit as well. Uh, that was the best scoring game of the season. I never saw Wall finish like that. I haven't seen Wall finish like that since. I don't know what went into him that game, but he made some crazy layoffs. I don't know what. Yeah. But- oh, I know he looked so good in that game. That's that's what I'm thinking about right now. I think uh, unless he has like a monster game, I think it's gonna be really hard for Houston to score enough to beat Indiana. Um, but I do think Houston's defense will give them some problems uh, early on, just because they're um, they they tend to struggle with teams that are able to switch everything and uh, and go uh, small and just play pretty athletic. But um, regardless, I think it's gonna be a good game. I'm excited to watch it. So it'll it'll be fun. I'll definitely be hitting you up on the uh, on, the, on the timeline about it. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug or get out there before uh, before we get out of here? Uh, no, it's been great, man. Uh, follow my Twitter account if you don't at itamar1710. And uh, yeah, it's been great uh, discussing some basketball with you. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll definitely have to do it again sometime. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, to everyone listening, of course, go follow it tomorrow. I really enjoy his stuff. One of my favorite Twitter accounts to, to keep up with. Um, and also go watch Gary Clark, uh, probably or go watch Gary Clark highlights from last year. Um, better, better than this year. Part of it's his, his context has been terrible. He's asked to do way too much on a team. That's really bad right now with injuries, but, um, just enjoy the rest of your day. Go Pacers, um, and try and stay somewhat warm. Uh, it's, it's going to be cold as hell for a while, but, uh, yeah, hopefully some heat on, on Saturday. I'll talk to you later tomorrow. Have a good rest of your day, man.